So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. episodes now we have to wait until chris is out of the house and in his car and then we have to drop whatever we're doing just so we can listen to chris order fucking drive through for an hour and a half and chris left there he is again oh now he's back hey how goes i was just fucking roasting you for what <laughs> i was saying that our recording our recording um, ritual now is we just we have to drop what we're doing when when you've got in your car and said you ha- you're you can record now so be ready for me and then we have to sit and listen to you order drive through for an hour and a half. Oh, okay, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I'll have you know, I've actually already ordered the coffee, so you missed out. My boy I Josh just... handed handed me my coffee with a smile. I just fucking raced home. No, no warning. Yeah. Um, I don't know how if your like reading comprehension has gone out the window today, but I also told both of you guys <laughs> that I was out. I know, I'm just giving you yeah, the okay? gears. I'm giving you the gears. Give me the gears, dude. I'm already having a pretty rough day, man. I had to dro- drive, drive home from the trails. I had to dodge a Dollarama sign on Bayfield. Uh, <laughs> it was in okay, the city. I'm going yeah, do- to elaborate on that. <laughs> the Dollarama sign, like the big, huge, like billboard, like stand up billboards, the ones that are like eight feet by 12 feet, yeah. lifted up and blew into the middle of Bayfield Street. Wow. Wow. Dude, so that's rock and roll. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah, it's pretty bad here too. Like, I um, I just what got back to Barry. What rink were you at? I was at uh, Aurelia West West Aurelia. 
Ooh, you know, nice. where we almost where we almost won the championship, but we blew it. Do you remember? Yeah. That's oh, I know. Rink. I That's actually true. haven't I haven't been to that rink because um, I don't really watch the Terriers play too often. And yeah. uh, first time being back brought back some memories. <laughs> you just pissed off. That was the one where I walked off the bench. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yes, also, the ring where one of our players' grandmothers, who was was quite elderly, uh, came near the dressing room and hugged someone, saying, "It's been so long since I've seen you." And the player yeah. was like, "Oh, you must be looking for this guy. That's not me, but uh, nice to see you, lady." <laughs> so, one of my favorite stories of all time grandmothers are the best but yeah uh, i was in uh was watching the the pjhl um the pjhl showcase oh yeah and um the power went out um right at the beginning of the third period so we sat in the dark for a few minutes the lights turned back on for a second they went off again after 20 seconds yeah what up here as well you could hear, you know, like how in wrestling they talk about like the pop, yep. like, oh, they, they got a good pop. When the lights came on, there was like such a good pop, but then the lights went out and everyone started booing. And then I was <laughs> trying to start a CM Punk, CM Punk chant, and no one would do it with me. So then we just were asked to leave. No Wait, one how many... knows what that is in the rink. Yeah. <laughs> just joking. Guys, it's a there? joke. How many people were there? <laughs> There is, it was like, there were a lot of people, mostly scouts, but like some, some, uh, some other like family and, and like GMs and peeps. And okay. It's, it was, it was, um, it was, it was a game of junior C hockey. That's what I'll say. It was good. <laughs> I don't like those, like the showcase games. Like if I can just like kind of complain really quick here, I kind of hate them because they're always so choppy. Like yeah. no one's ever played with any of the people in your, you, know, you maybe played with them growing up or something, but like in like division versus division. And you probably don't know who your winger is. You probably don't know like what you want to do on the power play. Like it's just, it's, it's a bit of a bit of a mess. It all breaks down in the neutral zone. That's, that's been, that's like age old though. Like all-star game hockey. That's why all-star teams like would never last past a tournament or a game. Right. Yeah, it's just it's it's not it's not great. But at the end, sorry, of the day, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't mean to say that the Junior C Showcase was an All Star game. I'm sorry for <laughs> miscategorizing it. <laughs> what would like a well, scout actually get? Like even out of like the CHL prospects game and stuff. Like there's like sure there's natural talent that you could kind of see an in individual that's, skill. That, that's what they that's yeah. what they look for is the individual skill. Like if you find somebody that's like that's been like struggling yeah. or that like oh they're an all-star but maybe that all-star they're on like, a shit team that, yeah right. like they're on a shit team or they're they're only doing well because they're built up with all these like assets around them they want to mm. see how they like how they actually perform at an individual level these those types of things are good for just like for isolating like you see the best and the worst set of players that are like in those types of things right like you see their like their weakest yeah. flaws and their like strongest strengths you know yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Junior C I think um, is, is, is just kind of funny for me, like in its totality, because 
Carter, like I was saying to Thomas, like you and I've coached many, many, many junior C players over the years. And mm-hmm. I think like they're already kind of a complete product when you see them. So it's, you know, you more or less know what you're getting when you're seeing a lot of these guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right or right or wrong, like there's there's some things that you like. And I know for me, like I'm looking really just for somebody that can can drive their line and, and be responsible on both ends of the ice. Because the other thing that kills me about these games is you get guys that are just like, okay, I want to be offensive. I want to show that I can score. I want to show that I'm a, a playmaker or whatever, whatever, whatever. But then they cheat so much offensively that mm-hmm. it's just, it's a lot, it's, it's, it's a lot of cherry picking, um, yeah. which I don't love. A lot of Phil Kessel, <laughs> like cheating on the offensive side, just waiting for a breakout pass, but the breakout passes aren't good enough. So it just, like I said, falls apart in the neutral zone. Um, junior C is also tough as well because it's like you said you get these like rounded players that have like they've gone through the 3A system they've like made it to like junior hockey but they're a lot of the guys like if unless it's uh, somebody who's like been been taken by like a higher team and they're like they're actually like sent down for development but if, if like you've just walked out of like your midget triple a year and tried out for junior C team and made it with no eyes on you. That's, that's your cap, right? Like you might crack a junior a team, but you'll like, and it's tough with those guys. Cause all like a lot of those like older guys, like as soon as you get like 18 to 21, like in junior C or like even junior a, like it's um, like they, that's, that's their ceiling. Right. So they always have sort of a dark cloud around them and it's, like it's yeah. such a it's such a weird interesting game right because it's some people are just happy to extend their uh their hockey playing for a few years and some people yeah. are just like they're goons because they know that's all they're gonna all they're gonna get out of hockey like they're gonna red shirt and then they're gonna be done right so it's it's tough watching those because you see the players that are literally in hockey limbo and will always be yeah. there right well and then you got guys too like you know, without giving too much away here, guys that that I've been watching and have been kind of following around most of the season where, you know, they might be 16 or 17 playing against men, like, you know, 20 year old guys in some cases. And then I, you know, my first question is, okay, well, why aren't they playing in AAA? Right. Yeah. Like what, what, what's, what's that all about? Honestly, it's just that it's a, a lot of the time it's a mentality thing or like a, like, Oh, I play junior like it usually is and it sucks because you can play 3a or high school in some cases and get like far higher quality hockey than dropping down to play in a jungle team you know what i mean well and and um, then it was funny i was talking to a couple of scouts today and we were just talking about why this why this showcase is actually helpful um and i mean you know we'll, we'll get into like the actual podcast here in a second but for me what what's so interesting about it is like hockey is so cost prohibitive that for some of these families that can't shell out, you know, someone was saying today seven or eight grand to play oh, minor midget a season. And, the, and sometimes and the GTHL, more. it's yeah. in the GTHL it's like, it's upwards of yeah. 10. In, in well, like some I mean. markets. And some, and some, well, yeah, exactly. If you're playing in the GTHL, you're probably looking at like 10 or a little North of that a year. Right. Where yeah. for some kids where that's cost prohibitive, it's actually better for them to play junior C where they're not paying, 
like nearly as much. Hopefully they're not paying at all, but some programs yeah. there's, there's pay to play. That's a conversation for another time, but it's, I, I don't know. I just think it's so interesting because you get guys that are actually, you know, they're good, but they just can't afford to play hockey at that level. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just, I mean, it's, it's a part of a, a, a bigger kind of, that's what I mean. It's, where, it's hockey, it's hockey limbo. It's where like, it's the Island of misfit toys, yeah. right? Like it's, yeah, there's a bunch of reasons to get there and there's a bunch of reasons to stay there and it's, uh, yeah. it's hard, hard to get off the Island, you know? And so it's, yeah, I feel for the kids, like, cause you saw the kids that, um, some of them, you could tell, like, we had some guys play for us, um, like at the college, like some of the guys that were like career junior C guys, they were so happy to get out of there and play other hockey. They like, oh yeah, they took the stickers off their helmet. They put our stickers on. They were like, they were, they were missing their games and practices to come to our tournaments and games and practices. And then some yeah. kids who like, that was their only sniff of junior hockey that they were getting from our program. Like you can tell the ones that haven't played and the ones that have like played and like the, the ones that get it want to stay away from it. And the ones that don't get it want to get closer to it. Right. Well, and it's funny too, because Carter, <laughs> I'm not going to say the player's name. I don't want to out him, but we had a, we had a defenseman in our second or third year who basically said to us, yeah, like I'm actually going to be leaving school. I'm going to go play junior C for another year. So they went back to play junior C and we were like, Oh, okay. Like what's, what's the appeal for you to go play junior C? And he goes, Oh, well, the GM's going to be paying for my truck payments for the whole season. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, you hear stories like that. And like today I heard one about a, an, an overager who agreed to get traded to a team and said, yeah, I'll come play for you guys. But I want a 24, a Budweiser on my porch every Friday night. So like <laughs> there's, there's these like funny moments. And I, I mean, I love that shit. I think those stories are so funny. Yeah. Um, but uh Carter, before you jumped on, Thomas and I were talking about some of our favorite jerseys. And Ooh. I had said that the Grimsby Peach Kings, I yeah. think, have among the nicest sweaters, or as you like to call them, kits, yeah. uh, in all of junior hockey. What say you? The Peach Kings have um have great uh have great uniforms. That's a good good call. Um, is it just hmm? Um, the Whitby Dunlop senior A team have sick jerseys. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen the Whitby Dunlops jerseys. Oh, I have. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, pretty Tom, cool jerseys. You were, you were playing, weren't you, Thomas? Yep. <laughs> yep, I did. I, uh, Here and there. Oh, yeah. I went out to a, a few Whitby Dunlops like, like preseason games, and it was the dirtiest nastiest hockey i've ever played i was like this isn't safe for me i cannot be here well carter didn't uh, we have those two brothers that were gonna play for us the one year and they were like actually we're gonna go play senior a yeah well no they they wanted to play for us we cut them they were oh that's like, right they, we cut them that's the story yeah yeah they were because the one guy was a bit of a players. bonehead yeah. yeah they're phenomenal hockey players and they they came out to a tryout and they're questioning everything that we're that we're doing running this tryout they're like yeah like yeah. what's the point of this like why are we oh, doing this like best. we should be doing this yeah and i was like um okay well why don't you just do it if you're trying out for a team yeah. and we'll talk later yeah um, how about just shut up coach kills coach kills or coach chris or 
the big guy over there, whatever you want to call me. So what if he likes to run the power play from behind the net? Mind your fucking business. Yeah, we actually ended right. up, they're phenomenal hockey players. They were by far. They were very good. They were twins and they were the best hockey players on the ice by far. And I ended up, we ended up leaving it to a vote with the rest of the team. We're like, listen, you guys want them or not? Like they're obviously going to win us hockey games. Um, but I don't have a good feeling about them. So leave it up to you boys. And the boys didn't want to take them. The boys were like, yeah, you know what? Like they're, we felt it from the moment they stepped up on the ice. It was a bad attitude and a bad, bad, um, it'd be a bad thing for the room and for the, the team and like the culture for the team. So we don't want to take them. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. I was like, if you guys are just doing this for your own sakes of like your spot on the line or, or your, your ice time, then, then, uh, then we'll crash and burn for it. But we ended up doing well that year. And I think it was the right decision. Right. But, um, sorry, no, I like the Whitby Dunlop's jerseys. Um, what else? Um, I'm looking Liberty, at, sorry. I like the Liberty flame jerseys. Those are, those are sick jerseys. Liberty um, flame. Yeah. Or El, Elmira, the Elmira Eagles, the. Know, Elmira like, the, Jackals the, have a cool Jersey too. Or the Syracuse Crunch. They're, those, they're, uh, they're cool jerseys. The orange Jersey though, not the blue and white one with the yeah. crunch man on it. See, I just like that. It's like Royal blue, not Navy blue. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a hard pick. The Peach Kings have sick jerseys, though. Yeah, I'm looking uh, at uh, or the Wheat Kings. The Wheat Kings have sweet jerseys. Oh, or the, yeah. Or the Halifax Mooseheads have sick jerseys. Like there's yeah. so many teams that have, we're talking or, all or Ramuski Ramuski's jerseys. Oh, yeah, I, can, I can't pick. I can't pick boys or the fucking the, the Manitoba Moose. Yeah, the, they're they old, like the, the green, the green one, though. Yeah, and they have like Not, the antler numbers and everything like that. They're yeah. so cool. The uh Ruman Naranda Huskies have that cool red, red, black, and white jersey that I quite like. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I can't pick just one, boys. It's uh, if, tough, we're, man. if we're talking all um yeah, I like the if we're talking like CHL too, I like Seattle's. The Thunderbirds yeah. jerseys. The um, Thunderbirds, yeah. But in the same in the same vein, if they change their logo. I think the BCHL Surrey Eagles have like the best yeah. colorway or the like a deep green. It's like a, like a deeper green than like the stars green. Yeah. But like still yeah, the, like, that, not, the... still not like as dark as like the wilds or whatever. And then, yeah. And then it's like a dark, dark Navy blue. And they had a white, new layout. Like they had a new layout like two years ago, I think. And the I was Eagles? like, what the hell is this? Yeah. They have like the sure worst they... logo in hockey, but I mean like, it's uh yeah there's some bad ones <laughs> well bad. it's funny too well, in like general the, it's bad the bchl have some some cool jerseys uh but you know they're not part of the the cjhl anymore so i don't even know them who are who's the bchl never heard of them before <laughs> i think of all time though it's got to be the boston bruin the yellow one with the like actual Blue bruin bear. on it oh yeah or, with the bear face yeah that's yeah. my the i think man. that's I think it's like nicknamed the meth bear or something. No, no, not the meth bear. The, what? the, it, it was the, it was like the Joe Thornton era yellow Jersey with the big Brown bear on the front. It was their alternate yeah, Jersey. I think, I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. I think that I, has got to be one of the best jerseys of all time. I see, I see that Jersey with just the name Sweeney on the nameplate. That's <laughs> like, I'm imagining it. I know the meth uh, bear. They, they wear that. Oh yeah. Sometimes. Sorry. It's like the, the photorealistic bear. Yeah. No, I yeah, know the yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, that one's good. It has like the the trim at the bottom is like fur. It's so cool. Yeah, like it's, yeah that's a really good jersey. Honestly, I there needs to be more, more yellow jerseys that aren't the Preds. Because the, the Preds yellow sucks ass. I like the Bruins. How yellow. about um, HV71 in Sweden? They, they got a cool oh, yeah. yellow and, and blue jersey. Love that one. Yeah. I like the simple color template too. Yeah. Like just like these are the colors. And then also the um, Sweden does this a lot, but like the traditional actual templates of it. Because I guess they got to make room for like ads and stuff. But uh, yeah. I'm yeah, just like, <laughs> just like, just shoulders, bar, like, and then stripes, uh, sleeves, and at the bottom, and that's it. Um, you can tell we're in a uh, mid-season, not much going on hockey. Well, literally, ev- but everything is going on at the same time, so it's just like doesn't matter. Like we haven't talked <laughs> about the firing, so yeah, I guess okay. that's true. But it's Thomas. also like, old news. Yeah, I'm eating peanuts. You- sorry. Huh? No, 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 you're good. Sorry, guys. If it's kind of windy, it's like. Feel like my street is gonna blow away. I'm just parking in my garage. I'm sorry. I, well, I didn't even car. know the the Bruins jersey hat. Like it said Bruins on the shoulders as well. That's so sick. Yeah, Do you that, uh, that yellow bear? Which uh, huh? As the GM of the Canucks, what jersey do you think he'll use? The Johnny Canuck one. You kinda, you, Chris, you cut you cut out. I think you're uh, you're switching between Bluetooth and your internet at home, buddy. This is the oh, point. The, this is the point in the episode where Chris is getting out of his SUV or pulling Bob's car. In the, <laughs> okay. In the garage. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, I said, what jersey do you think Mark Bergevin is going to make the Canucks wear <laughs> when he's inevitably the GM in the next couple months? Oh my God. Um, he's going to do something to piss off somebody over there with the, he's going to bring the, the orca back or something like that, but make it more. He's, <laughs> he's going to hide all of uh, Jim Rutherford's Werther's like his candies. And then, uh, Bergevin is going to like crush a, like a handful of them with his hands. Cause he's so strong. And he's going to be like, we're bringing the Berry jerseys back. Oh, I'd love this. I'd love the skate blade jerseys to come back. Like they right. did it as an alternate, but mm-hmm. I would love to see a white one. They just wheel out Lume. Like he's just playing again. <laughs> God bless him. Can, can you imagine uh, someone being so strong they can crush Werther's with their hands? You guys want to try? Who do you think would be the most successful? Out of the three of us? I don't I have an answer, but I don't think you guys want to hear it. Uh Bob. Are you ta- no, I was gonna say Thomas. No. I think Thomas Thomas has like some strength that we may like Carter and I might not know about because we tease him so much that like you know yeah. when like the kid at school who gets bullied <laughs> yeah. like just has enough <laughs> and we find out that he could like beat the fuck out of the bullies. That's if, what if Thomas ta- is gonna do. If we taped a few to a wall, Emily could definitely punch through some where there's a thousand. I love that. Are she's got a she's got a cannon, yeah. <laughs> I'm still in the IR. I still haven't been able to work out since oh, since God. Thomas's second wedding. No, I'm I'm not strong. There, there's no hit in anything. Um, I think you got to milk that Carter. Just get really fat and be like, yeah, you know, I probably <laughs> would have made senior A if it wasn't for my buddy's <laughs> wife beating the fuck out of me. I know Emily wants to go lawn bowling, and I I might honestly just use my left hand the whole time. I'll show up in a sling with my right hand, and <laughs> oh my god. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, Emily is the best. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I probably agree. You, yeah. you married her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. Uh, when, Tom, when Thomas doesn't text me back, I usually just message him. I'm like, can you tell your stupid husband to text me back? Well, especially so. now when I still have the iPhone 5, that the crack screen, where I'm like, I'm not... It's it's hard to text, man. I don't. You are literally that. You're you're literally the Drake song. My side girl got a five ice with the screen cracked. That's you. I'm everyone's side girl. Um, I've long said that about you. So yeah, thanks. Um, (laughs) sorry, talking about the Canucks or uh, yeah, wherever you want to start, bud. Whatever. Um, it's so overplayed though. Like it's so. They're they're already on a three win three game winning streak. So like, Ooh. what do we what do we have to talk about? Well, Bruce, <laughs> there it is. I think you you know it is it is funny though. Like sometimes teams are so bad that it like as a fan, and I don't know, Carter, maybe you're feeling like this right now with the Habs being really bad. But like when they have like little victories, like of course the fans are having fun with it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's been it's been abysmal, right? Like they've been miserable the whole time. So I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting. I feel like the Jim Rutherford move for the Canucks is like a bit of a stabilizing force. And I know that it's been bandied about quite a bit in the last couple of days, but ultimately, you know, Aquilini's hiring Bruce Boudreau to be the coach means that when they have a GM at some point, like Boudreaux's not going to be immediately fired because it's not his guy. Boudreaux yeah. is the owner's guy. So <laughs> he's going to be sticking around for a while. That would be my guess. Yeah. My um my dad played with Bruce Boudreaux. Um yeah. Like Boudreaux used to go um Boudreaux's one of those like weird careers where he's like up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down and up. Like he was literally a seesaw his entire career, right? Like his cholesterol? Um, <laughs> well, now it's, it was CHL, NHL, but now it's definitely cholesterol. Um, but no, when my dad, um, when my dad got back uh, up north um, into Canada, he, he skated with the Marlies for... Um, like just throughout the summers and everything like that. And he would skate with Boudreaux and he was like, I actually like Boudreaux. I feel like he's going to do some good in, um, in Vancouver. And that's as much as I know about Boudreaux. I haven't followed his coaching career at all. It was good. Tom, he's a, do, what? Yeah. I was just going to ask if you have a thought, cause he was with the wild, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Boudreaux always elevates his players. Like he actually plays, um, his system is pretty offensive, honestly. Um, yeah. So he gets the most out of his top players and then his role players can chip in every once in a while. And it's, it seems to have like has spelled out success in the regular season. His old, his only thing has been like his reputation of not being able to do it in the playoffs. But I feel like that is yeah. just like a small yeah. sample size with, uh, I feel like someone made a roster. career out of, sorry, someone who's made a career out of being a lunchbox. So he understands like uh his development system and like giving the chance to those people and the value and the right yeah i think it's the perfect opportunity for guys to um burst out of that little slumps in vancouver and i i think it's a really good move for the coach but it just depends on like if this is the right team to 
yeah. get Boudreaux for... See, it's just been hard to tell if Quinn Hughes is actually sad or not, though, because he looks so sad all the time. And so this has been, <laughs> this just has been hard for me because I can't tell if he's just like unemotive or if he's actually sad. He's just on his weed pen all day. So, I mean... Yeah, he just doesn't want to be, like, called an offensive defenseman anymore, I think, yeah. is the yeah, I guess point true. of contention. Yeah, he wants yeah, to be... Grandma, his grandma hit the dab pen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's, it's tricky, because I don't know how, like, if the Canucks should really thought about... Like, if they still had bending, I would totally, like, could see them at the deadline, like selling Horvat, like Horvat Miller, like anyone that's basically not Pedersen or Hughes, um, Besser would probably be gone easily. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, like, or Demko, I guess too. And then like, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's tricky because now, right now it's like, okay, you're getting these new regime. You're getting a new GM later because it's actually pretty smart with what Rutherford is there for it's basically president and an interim GM and he'll yeah. be participating in the search for their right. longtime GM. And they're open to the idea of like someone that hasn't been in that role before. And is like an up and comer quote unquote. Um, right. So, yeah, but also like, I don't know, Rutherford's just weird. And then also with all the penguin stuff going on with the scan, the 2019 scandal, it's yeah. just, it's just a mess. But um, aside from that, yeah, it's like, I guess the Canucks are trying to do this like quick turnaround because also they got the right coach for it at least um, that they could get more out of their players. So we'll see. Yep. Maybe they'll make the playoffs. Who knows? I just think that they've got almost like too much talent to tear it all down. Mm-hmm. I think I think like some of these guys were preemptive in the sense that like for me, like JT Miller is a guy that probably – like could have joined the team a little bit later. You know what I mean? In the big scheme of things. Cause I don't quite think, I don't know. I just, I still look at that trade and I go, mm, I don't know if that was like a completely necessary move when they didn't have all of the pieces together to support a JT Miller kind of trade. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's, it's definitely interesting to kind of follow along with. Did you guys see um, Horvat's uh, shootout goal the, the other day? I saw the Pedersen. The Pedersen one. I, saw. I didn't see a Horvat one. Horvat was insane. Is he good? Well, now you can oh my God. Here my keyboard. But uh... it was one of the nicest like shootout goals I've ever seen. Oh, the one where he, he goes back and around and then just pops it on the blocker side yeah yeah that's nice yeah he he was someone that i wanted a lot to get if they were selling it'd just be such like a layup to like just try to get him for whatever but um (laughs) yeah swing for the fences for with the format yeah whatever he's he'll be there for two years but um anyways uh (laughs) wait you think he's not gonna stay there huh you don't think Horvat's going to stay there? Is that what well, you're now, saying? Now he might, but he might have been traded. That's what I was saying. Yeah. It was, oh, I see. I see. It looked like he was going to for sure be traded. Yeah. Yeah. But. If Benning was still there and it was still going down. But um, yeah, I, it's 
it's hard because like back to your Miller point with like the timing of everything, it's like that was that was so weird at the trade at the time. Where it was like, why are you trading a first round pick that like is yeah. gonna eventually bite you in the ass? Like I forget where can that you, pick went, like who they got. Yeah, can you figure can you figure out who that was, Thomas? Just one with moment. your internet sleuthing. I would love to know because their their like their their prospect pipeline I feel like is in a, a decent place. Sorry guys, I'm going outside again. I gotta get the the bread that I left in my car. Don't turn um, your car on so you connect to that. Oh my god, there's literally a tree going down my street. Like so, I have full ass Jesus. Don't fall. Maybe the bread can stay for yeah, two minutes. Might get swept up. No, I want to make grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, nothing's getting in the way of me having grilled cheese for dinner, bud. I'll tell you that for free. So this was the year that they, because the option, the condition on the pick was that if they don't make the playoffs after trading for Miller, then the 2020 pick will transfer to a 2021 instead, but they went for the 2020. Um, and then that pick was eventually traded for uh, what was the pit? What was that trade? It was traded to the devil somehow from the lightning. Oh, the, is that the Nolan foot trade? Was what? Nolan foot in that trade? It was the, I, I don't know, bro. Um, can, can we do something crazy after this? I know I know we're a Leafs podcast, but I actually have some oh questions God. about the Habs that I, I can't find answers for anywhere, and I'd like to hear your guys' insights. Okay. okay. Um, it was the de- yeah, it was the Blake Coleman trade to the Lightning. Oh, okay. So it was that first round pick, and then it ended up being Shakir Mukamadolin. Shakir um, Mukamadolin. But like other guys like Tyson Forrester was was available, so you can't really just say the, the player. But like Jake yeah. Neighbors, Riley Grieg, um, yeah, William Wallander, Murat Kuznatinov, like there's other guys available. Um, Hendrix Lapierre, um, Igor Chink- Chinkov, I don't know how to say that. Connor Zari, like there's other players available. So you can't really just say it was for Shakir, but um, yeah. And then, and then they, so instead of going for 2021, they went for, 2020 and then who do they pick 2021 again vancouver they even have one. uh did they trade it yeah, again? Wasn't... i think they did no yeah. wasn't that what's his name um uh, pod colson no that's 2019 oh okay um yeah they traded away fuck now i don't forget what they traded boy for whatever it doesn't matter um Anyways, it was just t- the timing of things like just with uh, here, let me actually figure this out quickly. Tried to do it really quick and it's probably not going to be really quick. Okay, you're, trying, you're trying your best, honey. I'm trying my best. Okay. Derek Stepan, no. What the fuck kind of pick is this? That sounds very right. From... What the fuck kind of pick is this? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what that Vancouver Saints. Oh no, yeah. Vancouver. Sorry, Vancouver picked ninth overall. No, but then it went to. 
they traded that. Oh, they it was the, that pick it was, in the Ekman Larson trade. Yeah, it was in the Ekman Larson trade. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. And so then Ariz- Arizona got uh, Dylan Gunther. Gunther? Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. Okay. I was so confused. Sorry. But, um, wow, this must be a great lesson. But it's just like, yeah. uh, it's a weird thing for Vancouver where they keep on trying to trade picks. Like, and this is the thing for the last like five years or like all of Benning tenure, Benning's tenure, where it's like, he's just trading picks no matter what to try to do this for like decent players. Like JT Miller, like is really good. And I would love to have him on my team, but like the timing with the Canucks is just like wrong. Like there's, there's players like JT Miller that are available later that could yeah. always work with your timeline. You don't always have to fall in love with the, player right away and then also like i've so i was listening to roxy fever one of the um uh mainly canucks podcast uh and they're saying like even you could even go so far as saying that like miller and guys like garland are like negative assets where like they're not helping the team by bottoming out they're like just keeping this team in this weird bubble um and yeah and guys like to foley when they're trying to do that and like Tanner Pearson keeping him and just like all these little moves that are like tinkering, but then they like always are picking like 12 to 15. And then so it's like, and you can get really good players there, but it's also really tough to like break out of any oh. cycle. Like you can always make it, you can always yeah. make it work. Like the wild have made it not to gush about the wild even more, but the wild, made you it, never made, do that. The wild. Yeah, exactly. The wild made it work with like their highest pick, in a very long time being like Matt Dumba. Like, right. That was like that was a guy that I think that was their highest pick. Let me fucking do this again. Um that like I get they, what you're trying to say. Yeah, it's it's they didn't really like aim for sorry, Marco Rossi was at number nine, obviously, but like yeah, like Luke Kunin 15, 20, Alex Tuck at 18. Matt Dumbo was at seven. Jonas Berdin was at 10 the previous year. Mikhail Granlund was at nine the previous year before that. Like, it's just, yeah. they're always making it work, and but they always had really good coaches. That was the Brody, yeah. Broder years, or not Broder years, Boudreaux years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then it's almost so, like if you're going to be bad, just be like as bad as possible. Yeah. Or, or like really aim for like, getting a certain type of player and making it work with your coaching stuff. Cause coaches can it's, make a it's, total difference. It's tough for some teams though. Like, cause some teams can't afford to just to not go all in. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like, it's some, some teams can't afford to tank. I think is what I'm getting at. Like it's yes. Tanking would be like the best case scenario. It's, it's like hockey bankruptcy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And tank, like tanking would be your best case scenario if you're having a shit year, but not everyone, not every organization can tank. Like a lot of organizations, like if they're like, okay, you know what, let's just tank and rebuild and tank and rebuild and tank and rebuild. We wouldn't have that team over the next five years. You know what I mean? Like it's a lot of these teams are stuck in this, like, like the Habs are one of those teams right now. They're stuck in a shitty cycle where they can't like by default, I think they're just going to tank and be really bad, but I don't think that they can afford to tank and be, as bad as they are because they're um, it's just going to burn them. Like it's, they're not going to end up with the pick that they want. Like, and they're going to, they're going to really like suffer from because of it, you know? Do you think that for the Habs that they 
I get what you're saying. Like from a market perspective, selling a, a, a fan base on a tank is like not great, especially for an original 16. Um, well, but sorry, like, if you, I was just going to say with Montreal, I'd just be curious your perspective on it. Like, do you think that they, they need to tank to do this? Right. Cause I just, I don't know how you tank with, some of the contracts that they have and i'm not like every time but that's what normally like when you communicate a tank you're like your tank year is if like a few years in the making you know what i mean like you at least you at least sell some of your assets at their like current market value so you're not you don't look like a fucking idiot like holding on to them and letting them devalue themselves and getting pennies on the dollar right so it's a really hard thing to do to tank that's what I was like kind of getting at with Montreal. Cause I was, I always see these things where like, you think of guys on Montreal, you think of like Gallagher um, who's like, uh, you feel like he's going to be buried in a red, white and blue coffin. <laughs> like guys yeah. like Sherratt and Lekkinen that have become part of the, the weave as well. And th- those are the three biggest ones on the, on the trade block right now. But that's what I was like trying to get your guys perspective on. It's like, if that's actually reality, like, or yeah. like, do you think they're gonna they're gonna try and sell the farm like while they still can like with these guys that are their core pieces and like try and communicate a tank mid season when they thought full well they were going to the playoffs again you know what I mean so and it's not just for the Habs I think it's for like any market if you communicate a tank you're a few years out like that was in the making for a few years because you liquidated appropriately like I feel like. Yeah guys who have all these or teams that organizations that have all these huge contracts can't afford to tank, you know? Yep. Yeah. You're totally right. But they You're often, totally right. they often do like just by accident, like Chicago or whatever is like, get these top picks. Yeah. But they, because they're Ch- so bad. Chicago still though, they still have all of their, like there's, they still have their guys that they couldn't afford to lose in a tank. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if Chicago planned for it, Taves and Kane wouldn't, be wearing a Chicago jersey anymore because it's just That's like the natural the natural cycle of things. Yeah, that they yeah. could um, just get rid of those guys and then be even worse, and then build up a whole new roster without having that in the future. Yeah, um, but for Chicago that never planned to tank, that's why I feel like we still have Kane and and uh, Tave struggling through Chicago yeah. through like the rough years, you know, because they can't. It's like one of those things where you've put, it's like you put so much money into something. It's stupid to stop putting money in it at that point because you sunk so much into it. Right. Yeah. And like, so this is the thing with Philly too. Um, And I guess, I guess to quickly like not touch on that soon. And, but uh, with the Habs thing, like, I feel like they're kind of in a, they're definitely drafting a lot of players. And so they're at least doing that and trying to like just get as much young talent as they can. And they're drafting pretty well um, from what I've seen at least. Um, But it's like, it's just like just continuing to try and like, and it's making all these weird decisions, like signing Mike Hoffman to a three-year deal. That's like four and a half. Like you're, he's, he's currently of the players that are on their roster. So obviously like, not including um, Gallagher and Anderson to Foley and stuff. He's currently the second most like highest paid salary uh, among forwards. Like, yeah, like he's getting paid more than Tyler to Foley, which is absolutely crazy. 
Um, do you guys see them kind of dishing? Do you guys see Gallagher leaving Montreal though? Like that'd be a, that'd be hard because again he has six years left on his pro- contract. Like it's really expensive. So I don't know what team would actually like really be like would want him at especially the age that he is. Like he's twenty nine. He's not yeah. like also for a grinder. He's not like a showy hockey yeah, player. Like you could just fall off the planet no matter what. Like for a second. Like yeah. one season he could be like he's very good at what he does, but if he doesn't do that, then like what is he's he? worthless? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like it's they're in such a weird position where like they have this young core, um, like Caulfield Suzuki, and then like try to get the Romanovs like up to speed and stuff, and then but they're still making like really boneheaded decisions that like yeah. prevent those players from uh performing like and that's what ties into the flyers too like the whole big thing right now like they have so many players the flyers just have like this boatload of like on paper talent that you could see like going down like the the big contracts but they're just not performing so then it's like oh people are now like well a lot of flyers fans because they're they suck so much um this year that like oh just tank like just trade everyone um and then, and then you could tank and bottom out, and then that's the only way to win hockey games right. in the future, win a championship, is that you get like the shame. They really right? want to send Connor JVR Bedard. home, huh? Yeah, I know. Yeah, to the Devils. Um, but like, it's just uh, it's it's tricky because there's so many other decisions than just like drafting well. Like, look at fucking Edmonton. Like, do you want to be the Oilers of uh, about like you get your players? You probably get like two of the greatest players of this generation, and then you're like. Yeah, no, like you just suck because you've fucked it up so many times with other decisions, other trades, other signings, other like personnel decisions, like trading Ethan Bear for no reason. Um, yeah, like you just, yep. you just end up like shooting yourself in the foot no matter how, like how high you pick and how many high prospects you get. So there's so many other things. And I feel like those are the more important things in the end that like, can really propel a team forward. Like if the Flyers wanted to, you could literally go to them and be like, here's 10 steps of how to win a cup in three years with this roster that you have. Mm. You don't you don't make any fucking stupid decisions. You get two actually good defensemen instead of six bad ones. And like, and then it again, it's like it's easier said than than done, but teams have done it before. Yeah. Hey, uh... I feel like I keep the same audio quality that we've been having, so I'm recording through my AirPods. I'm gonna walk to the train station uh, to Union uh, just to give a sense of perspective. Um, yeah, uh, so Chris's audio is completely messed up. It sounded like he was like half speed in a robot. The last like 20 minutes of the podcast um so it definitely just abruptly stopped it and i'm sorry but it i tried to fix it i couldn't so oh you don't have to pay for this it's fine um now you get this exclusive solo pod uh, well like a minute of me walking to the train station after work the second sounds of uh where am I? Front, front in York. On uh, Monday at, let me see here, 
So if you know where you were on Monday at 3.30, you know exactly where I was. Um, anyways. Um, bye. Okay, now I'm in the train station, and I just listened back to that, and that's total garbage. So uh, to summarize my points, um, Chris's audio messed up, and the podcast just stopped. So, yeah, um, whatever. We'll be back next week. See you.